What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. You're listening to Done By Law. Brought to you by the Federation of Community Legal Centres. Good evening and welcome to Done By Law on 3CR 855am or at 3cr.org.au. Tonight you are with Gemma, Sam and Sam and we have a very special guest. We have a guest that is actually just Sam. Sam Drummond, our very own. Before we get to Sam, I want to acknowledge that our recording takes place on the stolen and unceded Aboriginal land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I want to pay my respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge the great atrocities that our, in inverted commas, justice system does to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders around Australia. So, Sam Drummond, you're on the other side of the microphone tonight. We're very grateful that you've joined us to talk to us about Lawyers for Peace. So let's kick off by asking you, what is Lawyers for Peace? Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Gemma. Look, Lawyers for Peace has just kicked off this year and, in fact, we just had our first AGM over the weekend. And what we are is Australia's first and foremost legal organisation dedicated to promoting peace through our um, international and national legal obligations. Um, So we've really, we kicked things off in March um, with a bit of an event um, to get people together to start talking about these issues. And um, a week later, COVID really um, hit everyone and people started going into working from home mode and then there were the lockdowns so it took a bit of a back step I suppose Um, but we're ramping things up again and we've elected a committee and essentially um, what our aim is uh, is to advocate for a world of peace equality and and freedom through the rule of law. So Sam I'm curious about I mean firstly what kind of people are you attracting? What kind of people have joined joined your movement? That's something that's really surprised me. Um, when we, a few of us started thinking about this idea when we actually wanted to join a Lawyers for Peace group, we were looking around and we couldn't find anything. Um, and so we we started thinking about the idea of creating one ourselves to fill this um, whole, I guess, in uh, in the advocacy market. And um, we wanted to make it pretty vibrant, uh, recognise that when, when there are a lot of illegal issues come up about the issues of, of war and conflict, both um, nationally and internationally, what we tend to see in, in mainstream media is a lot of um, old talking heads um, a lot of old men, old white men talking, um, which I'm getting towards myself. Um, but when we've put the call out um, and started signing up members, 
what we're getting is um, a lot of uh, young people, particularly law students and people doing their PLT and people who are newly admitted um, who have said, all right, well, this this is something that's relevant to me um, in 2020. Uh, and it's not something that I, I think the, um, the peace activist movement has, it obviously ramped up in, in the 60s um, and there are a lot of work around um, the uh, anti-Vietnam, anti-Vietnam War um, activism, uh, which was terrific. We saw that progress to anti-nuclear, um, a lot of campaigns around anti-nuclear weapons uh, that are still ongoing. But what, what we're seeing through our membership is that a new generation of peace activists uh, are wanting to get on board. So that's really encouraging. It strikes me that one of the things that is most likely to present a serious threat to international peace um, in the next little while is climate change. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing that, you know, I think traditionally people don't think of issues with the environment when they think of a peace, um, you know, a peace activist movement. Is, is your group looking at those kind of issues? Yeah, so um, we are currently set up through Consumer Affairs Victoria. Um, or that's how our constitution is set up. Um, we, uh, one of our aims will be to go national um, very quickly, but as part of our constitution, um, we outline our purposes. And one of our, uh, one of our main purposes does acknowledge um, that uh, climate change is likely to be um, a, uh, a reason for conflict in this century. Um, I think it's often said that the wars of the 20th century were fought over oil, the wars of the 21st century will be fought over climate change. And that's starting to, um, that's starting to play out. And um, if you see, uh, if, you, if you look at tensions in the Pacific, um, which, uh, which is, I guess, as we, as we move out of the, internet, the new international order post-COVID, um, we are, we've already seen tensions in the Pacific. They're likely to ramp up. Um, and the, one, the people caught in the middle of that are going to be these tiny Pacific, uh, uh, tiny Pacific nations um, who are feeling the impact of climate change and resource scarcity right now. Um, so um, we need to, as a country, um, I think we have a responsibility to our Pacific neighbours to make sure that Australia is playing a leadership role um, in acknowledging that um, these increased tensions and making sure that um, those players who are being heavily impacted right now, as in existential threats um, to these states, um, that ensuring that we're we're playing a leadership role in the Pacific. So, Sam, just just to really break it down, you've got a three word name, which is Lawyers for Peace. I've got the first two down, but can you tell me a bit more what you mean by peace? Yeah, that is something that everyone is. Um, 
going to come with a a differing perspective. This week we um, this week was seventy five years since uh, the end of World War Two, um, and I mentioned that because it was a it was obviously something that none of us were alive for, but you can see the pictures of people celebrating the peace that was created by the end of World War II. But that obviously came at a massive cost. Um, it is, I guess you can go down the, the path of the utilitarian arguments for the bombings of Hiroshima and, uh, and Nagasaki um, and whether that was worth it. Um, what we want to explore are um, the, the imperative through our legal obligations in promoting the rule of law to prevent that ever happening. So 75 years on, um, we as a society have to ask the questions, have we, um, have we learnt the lessons of the past or are we just going down a cycle of continuous warfare? Um, so when we mean peace, we mean um, nonviolence uh, at home and abroad and acknowledgement of what um, what that violence might mean. So we mean when when we say domestic warfare, we um, all Australians have a role in acknowledging the frontier wars in Australia and the continuous damage that that's done. Um, but also. Um, Australia's role in international warfare um, and instead of building up our military in never-ending cycles um, that we can actually achieve outcomes because there are always going to be conflicts internationally that's the nature of statehood um, what we aim to do and what we mean by peace is that we can go into these conflicts and achieve results and achieve um, resolutions through legal and diplomatic avenues. Um, so it is a, it's always going to be a compli complicated question of what is peace. Um, my, my view is that peace is the avoidance of warfare um, and as lawyers, that we have, we're in a unique position to do that um, by advocating that, that Australia um, and uh, can can achieve peace through our legal obligations. What about non-traditional forms of warfare, like Russia's interference in the U.S. elections and um, the you know discussion around China's role in? surveillance of other states and you know indeed Australia's role in surveillance of other states do you consider that within the kind of like purview of your role about peace or is it about armed conflict only my position and I guess as president of lawyers for peace now um, uh, I can um, I can broaden this as well um, is that we we can have a position when it comes to uh, for example, cyber crimes, um, and we've seen that uh, we've seen Australia's role in breaching that 
for example, in the Witness K case um, and the trial of, of Witness K and Bernard Cleary, where Australia bugged um, one of our closest neighbours um, in a way that was beneficial to our um, to our own interests, and uh, I think on in an ongoing role if, for if that happened in East, whether it's East Timor or any other of our neighbours, um, that um, Australia should be um, complying with our international legal obligations and. The purpose, I guess, coming to the purpose of what what we can offer there is a dual role. So what I see um, Lawyers for Peace um, being able to contribute to um, the question of um, whether Australia is internet, uh, upholding those international legal obligations is there's a there's a um, an arm of education, so equipping legal professionals and decision makers with the information they um, that they need to advocate for peaceful resolutions to conflict, um, including complying with those international standards, and then an advocacy role. So, if there was a situation in the future where um, there was cyber warfare or um, uh, or a situation where Australia has been unlawfully spying on one of our uh, neighbours, um, then to be a strong voice um, in favour of pe- peaceful and legal re- uh, resolutions to conflict rather than it escalating to either armed conflict or um, or that warfare that um, isn't necessarily violent, but um, conducted by other means, because we we never want to advocate for a solution to um, a problem being dishonesty, because I think dishonesty is a form of violence. It it has to be within the international legal framework. We are with Sam Drummond, who is usually on our side of the mic but tonight has very graciously agreed to come on as a representative, in fact, the president of Lawyers for Peace, the relatively newly formed organisation that is a a bunch of people who care about the law and also care about peace who are going to work towards that goal. Sam, for people who, and I love saying this, I love making it seem like the listeners don't know, but I know. Um, So for people who might not understand Australia's international obligations and and the things that bind us when it comes to... Which absolutely includes me. Yeah, and I I don't know what... I've got no idea. Basically, I'm asking for me. Sorry, listeners, you're (laughs) going to have to listen through it. But Sam, what are the things that regulate whether or not we can go to war and, you know, also then what happens once we make the decision to embark on or take part in a war? There are centuries of laws that we can look at when you ask that question. Um, But uh, the law when it comes to uh, international conflict um, comes down to um, laws that uh, essentially like like any law that we look at um, domestically 
Um, there are there are laws that are written, and there are there are laws that um, are uh, unwritten rules of conflict. Um, and um, when the question of what is a lawful reason to go to war is not a simple one, um, and this is one of the the purposes of the group um, is that we want to get a we want to be a resource um, for uh, for people and organizations and decision makers um, to do research on particular issues um, and and the legal nature of a, a particular issue and this is why it is so exciting to have so many people um, who are law students and um, newly admitted lawyers in our group uh, is that we can, well, first of all, a lot of them are studying um, international law and global relations at university. Um, and uh, secondly, they are very, very keen to um, uh, do as much research as they can on particular issues. So if there is a question that an organization um, or uh, um, or even individuals or uh, or even um, people who are looking to make uh, uh, to make decisions at at a um, high level, we want to be a resource of a membership base that can answer those questions um, of what is um, lawful. Uh, and what international law says, or indeed domestic law. I mean, we're, we're seeing at the moment um, allegations against Australian SAS soldiers of war crimes, um, and um, they, as they should be, are, are um, in, in courts um, and being decided on those legal issues. Um, we're seeing for instance, this week, um, allegations that have been leaked to um, people involved and then uh, are needing a retrial. Uh, in those certain in those circumstances, um, we would, um, as we get bigger, we will be uh, in a position to be able to do. Um, research or comment on on the legalities of a an individual issue um, so um, but at, at the moment we're I guess just going on to answer your question just going on the the assumption that every um, every case is uh, every every case is um, uh, is different and um, that we would have to look at the particular international laws uh, to mount an argument on why um, Australia should not be involved in, in conflict and there are better avenues. And just for a final question, is there a particular 
conflict or potential conflict in our region or even around the world that you think we should be, you know, really keeping an eye on in terms of what we can do to intervene or at least sort of bear witness to an injustice that's going on? Um, Look, people dance around what's happening in our region um, and I, I, but I think it's pretty clear that there is an emerging superpower in China and a declining one in the US um, and that neither of them during our COVID, COVID experience have um, come out looking all that good. Um, so an interesting, um, an interesting phenomenon is happening right now in world um, uh, in world politics, where middle powers who have done well during the COVID experience um, are um, will actually have quite a lot of power to say, well, this is how we think the new order of things should be, um, and so. Assuming that we keep driving down COVID numbers um, and that we look pretty good on the international stage as um, with our um, responsibilities as a, as a good world citizen, um, I think Australia has um, a really big part to play um, in being a middle player between those two big powers. Um, we want to make sure that we've um, learnt the lessons of World War II where we said never again um, and to make sure that that doesn't escalate into the third into the third one. I think that's that's probably the big one. Um, we uh, rightly or wrongly are very closely aligned to the US. Um, we have strong economic ties to China. Um, so I think we're we're in a really important position in world history right now. Sam, we are unfortunately out of time. It's been an enlightening discussion. And I do think that given the COVID-19 pandemic, it's a good time to get people thinking about these big and potentially catastrophic events. You know, I know that just personally, you know, we always hear about how people celebrated the end of wars and, and the impacts that people felt having lived through these large world events and of course now we're living through one of our own and you know I think it's a good time for people to take stock and and think about these kind of bigger issues just finally Sam is there a way that people can keep in touch with what you guys are doing and keep track of where you're getting to yeah so we'd really love people to sign up as members um is uh the big call at the moment and even though we've we've just held our AGM, it, what it means is that we're really going to start getting getting things running. So people can be involved in research, uh, in helping us get our message out, um, or running events. And to do that, um, you can uh, go to our Facebook page, which is Lawyers for Peace, um, and um, the membership form um, is up on that. Facebook page, or also send us an email. Uh, the current email is lawyers.for.peace.au at gmail.com um, and we'll send you the membership form. We've been speaking with Sam Drummond, the president of Lawyers for Peace. Thank you very much for being with us, Sam, and we'll see you on our next show.
Thanks, Jerry. Sam.